welcome to this episode of Changes Big and Small. This is your host, Damian. Right now, the podcast is on a break after season two, and season three will be returning in February. In the meantime, I have this bonus episode for you. In episode 20, I spoke about grief, and I will be building on these ideas in this episode. We know that there are many different types of grieving that we can experience. And in the past year, many of us have had occasion to grieve loss. You may have lost a job or your sense of security in the world, or your relationships may have fallen apart. Your sense of community and society may have suffered, and someone close to you may have even passed away. When we experience a sense of loss, grief is a common emotion. My grandfather recently passed away. I wasn't close to him and I have no regrets about our relationship, but my father has started the grieving journey. However, the death of my grandfather and some recent illness within the family has infiltrated my subconscious and what it's been bringing up for me is the loss of my grandmother. I lived with my grandmother from the age of six months until I was 12 years. She was the person that I relied on the most as a child and our love for each other was uncomplicated. I remember I was out and I got a call from my dad telling me that she was sick, that she had cancer. It was September 2013. I had some time off from work and I went to visit her in October. Even though I knew her cancer was advanced and that she was deteriorating quickly, I really thought I would have a chance to see her one more time. Every time I get to this part of the story, this is where it's difficult for me. My aunt was my grandmother's caretaker and she kept me updated on her condition. I left it up to her to let me know when it was time to come home. Every time I would say, is it time yet? Should I come now? Basically, I was staying close to home so that I would be able to go to St. Lucia at any point, considering that it would take me a good half day to a day to be able to get there from Prague. Each time I asked, is it time? I was told, just wait. And I listened. The call I received was not come home, but rather, mama died. And suddenly... I really was out of time. And then first one aunt and then another aunt told me that my grandmother called my name over and over again before she died. This is the part that causes me regret that she was calling for me and that I wasn't there and I could have been. Maybe my presence could have brought her a little solace in her last hours. Now my logical brain, my rational mind knows that shoulds and coulds and woulds don't contribute towards a happy, helpful life. I know that recognizing what is, accepting what is, is the best way to make progress and to be able to move through an issue. And yet I keep playing back the same questions. Would I feel differently if I had been on the way home when she died? or if I was at her bedside, there is no way to know. And so I'm really playing a losing game with myself. I would like to accept things as they are, 
I would like to stop wondering what if, but I'm not there yet. And so in the meantime, grief rises up and it catches me unexpectedly and it wakes me up from sleep lately. And so what can I do about it? The practice that I keep returning to over and over again is the practice of rain from Tara Brack. It helps me to be present to the moment and to what I'm feeling and to be kind to myself in that moment. I like the refrain that Tara suggests. It's all right, sweetheart. She shares this simple phrase as a way that we can nourish ourselves after the rain. You may have heard me talk about rain before in the podcast, but if you don't remember what it stands for, or if you're new to listening to Changes Big and Small, rain stands for recognize what's going on, allow the experience to be there just as it is, investigate with interest and care, nurture with self-compassion, and after you go through this rain cycle, then nourish. If you go to the show notes for the podcast, you can go through a meditation with Tara, working through the five elements of rain. The overwhelming feeling that I experience is guilt that I didn't say goodbye. That may be familiar to many people nowadays, especially because with COVID, people haven't actually been able to be present with their loved ones, even when they lived nearby even when they wanted to. Interestingly, Psychology Today shares research which shows that feelings of guilt related to loss results in intensified grief and depression. I guess that must be true because it's been seven years for me and the tears still come when I don't expect them. I'm not sure yet how to change this thought process and how to get out of the story how to avoid it catching me. I hope that over time, with enough nurturing, with enough working through the process of rain, that I will be able to soften those feelings and that I will be able to experience acceptance. And so season three of Changes Big and Small will be about acceptance. This is the concept that has been coming up for me over and over again recently in many conversations from season two, and from speaking with some of you. I know that I'm not alone on this journey. If you would like to appear on the podcast to talk about your own acceptance journey, or if this is an area in which you have expertise, please contact me. Contact at changesbigandsmall.com or visit the website. Feel free to also recommend the guests if you have a suggestion. And now I will replay the previous episode, episode 20, on how to cope with grief. I've lost several loved ones. The youngest was nine, the oldest in her 90s. One my niece, the other my great-grandmother. I've been to funerals for people that I knew from a distance and people that I hold close. Given that death is an inevitable conclusion for us all, we cannot avoid bereavement and grief. Grief can be brought on by many different experiences, but the focus of this episode is on grief as a result of death. 
even if you've never experienced the death of someone you love, someone you know, probably even someone you're close to has. People may grieve right after a death or for weeks, months, years thereafter. Grief looks different for each person and in different situations. It isn't always obvious when someone is experiencing grief. In some cases, you may be able to recognize that somebody is grieving, or you may experience these feelings or these moments yourself when you are grieving. You might feel relief, shock and disbelief, sadness or depression. You may feel dazed or numb, you might feel an emptiness or being overwhelmed. You can even feel angry. You might not want to be around other people and might even find it difficult to do your usual tasks. You may have trouble sleeping or a change of appetite. Some people fall sick because of the exhaustion of grief and their lowered immunity. You might find that your OCD behavior, if you have one is exacerbated or you might have an extra struggle if you're fighting an addiction. I've read about the five stages of grief, but I don't really think they're so useful here. From my research, I learned that they actually have more to do with dying than with grieving. So how do we grieve? Your grieving will be influenced by many factors all the things that make you unique, the relationship you had with the person, and the environment that you're in. It can be really hard, especially when you were estranged from someone, but you still feel the loss. Losing a parent is different than losing a child or losing a spouse, but it's really no competition. We can't really say that we know exactly what it feels like when somebody else is grieving, but we also can't say that our grief or their grief is worse or not. Even when the relationship is the same, different people experience grief differently. However you grieve is the right way for you. I'm going to say that again because I think it's really important and sometimes you may feel some judgment from the people around you, but however you grieve is the right way for you. My one caution is that if you are engaging in harmful behavior to yourself or to others, then you may want to get help from a licensed professional. They can help you to develop healthier coping strategies. So what are some of those coping strategies when we're grieving? Well, we grieve primarily because we feel a sense of loss. This loss may be traumatic, usually when it's a sudden unexpected death, or it can be anticipated, as in the case of a seriously ill family member. Grief may even start before a person dies, and that's called anticipatory grief. Some people start their grieving journey before death. Symptoms may or may not be as intense as grief after death, but they still impact your day-to-day. -day. Often, this grief starts when someone is seriously ill, when we know that their illness has no cure, or when we see how their illness is ravaging them. With anticipatory grief, people tend to be more anxious, feeling that the future is uncertain, 
You may have trouble making plans for the future. It's really a terrible waiting. I remember when my grandmother was sick and I was told that she was getting worse. I canceled many of the travel plans that I had because I wanted to be available in case I needed to make a sudden trip to St. Lucia. It's interesting because you may not even realize the tension or the stress that you're carrying in such a situation. Once a loved one dies, we experience a myriad of emotions along with loss. You may feel guilt, anger, denial, sadness, despair. The feeling of loss stems from thinking about the future we won't have with our loved one. It usually involves fixation on lost opportunities. An antidote to this is to focus on the good times that you had with the person. Last week, when Angela talked about her father, we could hear her joy in sharing her experiences walking with her father and enjoying McDonald's with him. We carry our memories forward with us through grief. Another cause of suffering is when we think of having or being less in the absence of the person who died. We might even fall into the trap of thinking that we will never be happy or never feel love again or even smile again. We can get caught up in thinking about all the things missing from our life now that the person is gone. This is why Angela's message of trusting that things will get better is so powerful. Even if we are sad or despondent, we can believe that we will find moments of happiness and optimism again. We can choose to bring our good memories to mind. Remember what you got from having the person in your life. You don't lose that, even when they're gone. I'm not saying that we should escape from the emotions associated with loss and grieving. In fact, we might even feel some guilt if our feelings of loss and our intense emotions lessen because we might feel that we're getting a bit more distant from that person. And that's one of the things that we might actually need to combat. But give yourself enough time to grieve. Let yourself feel the emotions of grief. Meditation and mindfulness may come in handy here to remain in the moment, to feel the emotions. If you struggle with that, Tara Brack's RAIN process might be helpful here. So the acronym RAIN stands for Recognize, Allow, Investigate, Nurture. And you can find out more about this by clicking on the link in the show notes. Recognize means realize what you're feeling. Allow, let yourself feel it without judgment. Investigate why you're feeling this way. And then nurture. Be kind and compassionate to yourself. The key here is to allow yourself to feel without a judgment, to process the feelings and to act with self-compassion. I remember wanting to be alone as I grieved from my grandmother. I wanted to cry without anyone telling me it's okay or ask me how I am. Actually, it's usually my stance with anything new or anything that I'm going through that I want to have some processing time first before sharing with others. My approach was to communicate this to friends who wanted to support me. I appreciated them being there, but I also wanted some time alone. I appreciated the friends who contacted me and asked me out. They were still there when I was ready. Right after my grandmother died, before I could get a flight to St. Lucia from Prague, I met a friend for dinner. 
It was a pleasant break from the emotional upheaval to have a normal dinner with her. I told her at the end of dinner, but it felt like a little respite. My emotions were so near the surface that I needed a break from it, some normalcy. Julia Samuel, the author of Grief Works, says, You have to have time when you grieve and time when you have a break from the grief. Experts suggest that accepting your feelings and practicing mindfulness is helpful for going through grief. Don't run away from your feelings, but recognize when you might need to take a break. While grieving, you'll be going through strong emotions, so you're likely to be more tired than usual. So give yourself enough time to rest. Take care of your health with sleep and exercise. It can also help your mental health to connect with people, volunteer, practice gratitude. Speak about your loved one if you feel like it. Surround yourself with people who support you, not ones who judge you or how you grieve. You may want to reach out to others who are also grieving, friends or family or a support group, or get professional help. I'm not trying to suggest that any of this is easy. It's not easy, but it's possible. So what if you're on the other side of it? What if you're trying to support someone who is grieving? What can you do? Well, recognize that people grieve in their own way. Give them space to do so. Offer help in a specific way. So for example, you might say, I'm going to the grocery store and I'll pick up some groceries for you. Is there anything specific that you'd like me to get? This usually works a bit better than saying, is there anything I can do for you? Be compassionate and kind no matter how long their grief takes. It can be hard to know what to say to someone who is grieving. Try telling them that you're sorry for their loss and that you're willing to listen if and when they want to talk about their loved one. Ask, how are you today? Asking, how are you generally? might be a bit much for somebody to try to answer, but by adding the word today, it can help them focus on how they're feeling at the moment and they can share whatever amount they would like to. Here are eight specific tips from The Guardian. Listen and let your friend be upset even if they repeat themselves. Reach out first to see if they want to talk or meet up. Follow the lead of your friend. Let them define how you can help or not. Acknowledge them and their situation. Say something rather than nothing at all. Provide meals, particularly later on when many people may have moved on. Be specific and honest about what you can provide. For example, when you might be able to drop by and for how long. Be sensitive to your friend's pain and their experience. So avoid topics, for example, that might be triggering for them. This is a big one. Sometimes we think that we need to help during the first few weeks, but you may want to check in and be sure to support your friend past the three months mark or the six months mark or however long. Remember, there isn't a timeline on how long somebody is going to take to experience and go through the grieving process. Write a card or letter with a personal message rather than a cliche, but don't expect a response and it's okay to send a card later on. The key thing here is that if you are in doubt about whether to get in touch or not, do. And then follow the lead of the person who is grieving. One of the difficulties 
when going through the grief journey is that people may not understand what you're experiencing and they may suggest that you need to move on from the grief. They may tell you it's time to get over your loss. It's time to do this or to do that. This is careless and unhelpful. Newer views on grief accept that we don't move on, but we carry on. We're not the same after losing someone, but instead we redefine our life without their physical presence in it. You may experience feelings of sadness when you think of the person for years to come, or you may experience joy depending on the story you tell yourself and the particular situation. Reminders in your environment may catch you when you least expect, or events may trigger grief. Example, date of death, birthday of the person, certain places you've visited together. A friend of mine talked about how quiet the house was when his wife died. I sometimes think of sharing something with my grandmother. For a while, I expected to hear her voice when I called home, the house that I grew up in, which still has the same number for the landline. Your life has changed with the loss, and so that means creating a new normal for yourself. You may need to stop doing certain things, or you may need to start doing new tasks. This means that it may take some time when you feel unsettled, Things don't feel right. They don't feel the same because they're not. Julia Samuel says, It's when you recognize that bereavement is a life-shattering experience and that you have to grieve and rebuild, that you can move on positively into a new phase of life. So how do you cultivate that new normal? Here are some ideas. If you need to get rid of stuff from the person who's died, do it as soon as you can. But don't forget to check in with other friends or family members to make sure that they are also ready. Recognize all the ways that your life has changed. There may be things you need to do or stop doing. Gather your support system around you. Work on existing relationships and build new relationships when you are ready. Discover or rediscover something that you love. This could be farming, volunteering, hiking, painting. Keep reminding yourself that it's okay to feel positive emotions and to even laugh. Angela recently recognized the anniversary of her father's passing and we were talking about what we do on the anniversaries of the death of those we love. My grandmother's death hit me the hardest. I was relieved because I know that she was in pain, but when I found out that she was calling for me on her deathbed, that haunted me. I wanted to be there, but I did not know that it was time. For me to go to St. Lucia. My rational brain knows that it's okay, but I'm still on a journey of forgiveness. I love talking about her. I carry the love I feel for her with me, and I miss her presence in the world. I still lose my mind a little when I think about her death. So does it end? I'm hopeful that the grief won't catch me unaware at some point in the future. I look forward to the day when I can focus on the love that we shared, the sense of security that she always gave me without this sadness. I think of her often and I take the chance to honor her regularly through prayer. When I go to a church, I light a candle and I say the Lord's Prayer or a psalm for her. We said those prayers every night when I was a child. Sometimes I also say the Baha'i Prayer for the deceased because when she was sick, she asked me to say some prayers from my religion. As I sat on the bed and said the long healing prayer, she said that it sounded like the rosary. If you have a religious belief, 
that may provide some framework within which you can grieve. Many people find it helpful to talk to the deceased, to visit their grave, or to scatter ashes. Consider what are the ways that you can honor your loved one after their death. What activities can you do? Maybe you could make a donation in their name or tell stories about them. And you have a precious gift. You can carry the memories of them with you forever. But if you don't see any way out of your grief, and if you've been suffering for years, you might have what's called complicated grief. It's also called unresolved grief or delayed grief. In such a case, it's important to talk to your doctor or a therapist and to get help. Yes, grieving takes as long as it takes, but you shouldn't have to suffer continuously. Thank you for listening to this episode of Changes Big and Small. If you have found this episode helpful, or if you know somebody else who will, please share it. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, I would appreciate it if you would leave a review. This helps other people find the podcast. If you would like to join a community of other people who are interested in change, who are interested in taking action one step at a time, come and join us on Facebook. You can find the link in the show notes. I'm always happy to hear from you and you can connect with me on social media or by visiting changesbigandsmall.com. Remember, change begins with one small step. I hope you have a great week.